Welcome to the Tub Talk Sports Podcast. I am your host, Donovan Place, and I'm joined here, as always, uh, with my co-hosts, Ben and Colin. In today's episode, we are going to go over not only the kind of Bills-Rams Thursday night football playoff recap, but also our NFL season predictions. First off, do you guys want to have uh, like any input on uh, the Thursday night football game, Bills, Rams, a hell of a way to kick off the NFL season? Yeah, I'll say about that game, I do think it, it makes me a little bit nervous because the Bills have a giant target on their back despite not coming off as a Super Bowl champion. I mean, they're getting the hype of a team that like would be coming off of a Super Bowl win, and I feel like so many people think that this is a team that should run the AFC and has the best potential roster in the NFL. So uh, they're being a lot of expectations are being built up for this team. So you want to see them start up fast and try and live up to those expectations. It's still very early, but man, did they look the part so far tonight? Josh Allen was had an incredible start to his season, and the very few plays that went wrong weren't even necessarily his fault. Had a couple drops, one that turned into an interception. Uh, the, the deep ball was there. He gave Davis on a uh, deep post route right down the middle of the field at one point, rolled out to his right, flicked his wrist, hit Stefan Diggs for a 50-yard touchdown. So, I mean, he looked as as good as ever, as good as the guy that is currently the MVP favorite. So, I like to see the start there. Rams, I'd be a little bit worried. Not, not necessarily worried. I would just be a little bit nervous because um, it's a team that has to face a very tough schedule and a very good division. And I don't think Allen Robinson was necessarily as advertised in his first game with the Rams. So there's still plenty of time. I would just be slightly nervous because the offensive line protection wasn't great. And when Cooper Cup wasn't getting wide open, Stafford really struggled because there was no number two. So I I really think at some point that Odo Beckham ends up on this roster at some point or one another. If if not the Rams, it'll be the Bills. But I think at some point in the season, Odo Beckham will be a Ram once again because they can really use him as a weapon with with Van Jefferson still being hurt. And who knows, who knows in Allen Robinson. So those are my big takeaways. It's still early, but Bills look great and Rams – Rams are going to need to going to need to make a drastic turnaround here soon because the the recipe tonight, which was under pressure a lot and not a lot of receivers outside of Cup, that's not going to work for for the Rams if they want to make it all the way back to Super Bowl again. Yeah, the Rams defense. Or I'm sorry, the Bills defense was really having their way all game despite not having Tre'Davious White even. Um, yeah, they. They got a lot of pressure to Stafford. Um, that's a very good secondary that you have there when you're able to get to the quarterback that quick. Um, Tremaine Edmonds is a terrific linebacker, and um, they were really cutting things off down deep. I think Stafford threw like one pass downfield, and that was a 20-ish yard completion to Cooper Cup. One yard or one pass that was completed at least. Um, this Bills defense was probably a top three defense last year. It still looks the part. Um, if I was the Rams, I wouldn't be too worried. You do have the Atlanta Falcons next week, so it's a nice opportunity to bounce back. The only thing I might be concerned about is what's going on with Stafford's elbow. Is it okay? It's kind of hard to tell because he didn't try and really throw downfield. There's a lot of check downs to Daryl Henderson. Obviously, Cooper Cup was always there to catch a pass when needed. Um, but yeah, I think. I can't really tell if Allen Robinson is that guy anymore. Um, can he be the number two receiver in this offense? 
or are they going to need really need Odell to come back when he is healthy? I don't know. Let's give it another week or two before we really overreact. But yeah, I'm feeling great if I'm a Bills fan right now because that Josh Allen and that defense both look terrific, and Gabriel Davis looked like a legit number two. Oh yeah, I mean you guys pretty much hit the nail on the head uh, with those takes. I mean Josh Allen looked fantastic. He did have the two picks. You can argue one of them wasn't his fault. Uh, that's what I would believe. Many would argue. You know who you are. Um, the other one probably wasn't his best throw. But other than that, the two running backs had uh, two fumbles each. Zach Moss, get the hell off my team, honestly, at this point. James Cook, first NFL carry fumble, not looking great. But we can see how that goes. Singletary actually looked pretty good on his carries. So I'm excited to see if they decide to give him more touches, but everyone knows this is a pass-heavy offense, and even with the Rams knowing that they succeeded a lot in the pass offense, I mean, Diggs had almost, I think almost had 10 catches. He had just around there. Gabe Davis, obviously, with the early touchdown. Knox is going to get more involved early in the season, or at some point this season. And I think Isaiah McKenzie is going to play a pretty big role. He caught a touchdown today. That interception was kind of his fault, but I kind of expect him at some point this year to fit into that kind of Cole Beasley role. And the defense, number one defense last year statistically, and then you just add Von Miller. And here in a couple weeks, you're going to add Trey White, who we lost at the back half of last season. I'm not worried about this defense. As for the Rams, I would be a little concerned with Matt Stafford. Um, I did expect the Rams to put up a little more points in this game, but that might just because I was expecting more of Cam Akers and Allen Robinson, and they both were very quiet tonight. So that's kind of my take. I wouldn't panic quite yet if you're a Rams fan. Um, we'll get into our NFL season predictions, but a little sneak peek is – I'm not a big fan of the NFC West this year. I know last year they were kind of labeled as the best division in football, and I don't think that's the case this year. There was a lot of – really quick, I was going to say there's a lot of silly turnovers tonight. Like, you could tell it was week one. Yeah. Um, these A lot of these guys weren't fully locked in, and it's definitely going to take time. There's a lot of silly turnovers that I don't really expect to see the rest of the year from either of these teams. Stafford's going to be better. I mean, he had his times last year. Ben was always um, pointing this out that he was not always the greatest quarterback last year. He had a stretch in the regular season where he really struggled. So I'm not necessarily surprised to see that. Um, and also the Bills' run defense uh, is a little underrated, and some say it's the weakness of their defense. But with Jordan Phillips and uh, Ed Oliver down there, they they got it done. Um, maybe we got to see it against the better running backs, but – I'm feeling really good about this Buffalo Bills defense. I'll say real quick, last thing before we move on. I mean, how about Jalen Ramsey tonight? He did not look the part of the so-called best corner in football, and he's facing arguably a top five receiver in Stephon Diggs. I have him as top five receiver in Stephon Diggs, but he he was not really that stellar, and especially on that deep ball touchdown, was just, I don't think, expecting that play to unfold the way it did. Not only Diggs to get behind him, and then for Josh Allen to fire it in like that, so – 
he he did not look great. Diggs made a couple contested catches on him, and then not only that, Diggs had a pretty sweet celebration right in his face in the end zone. So <laughs> Ramsey's Ramsey's gonna have to to pick it up a little bit because that certainly was not the best corner in football that we saw tonight. Last couple of games for Ramsey, I mean, he had the plays against Jamar, the deep ball, and then the the T Higgins play in the Super Bowl as well. And although that was a penalty, it should have been a penalty, but um, there's been a couple times in the last the last times out on the field for Jalen Ramsey where he has gotten cooked a little bit. One more thing, Matt Gay is a thousand percent going to get tested for hmm. substances tomorrow. That field goal he hit, what was it, fifty-seven yards? And NBC predicted that it would have been good from at least sixty-eight. He drilled that kick. That was insane. I know it was indoors and all, but man, this was the guy that was uh came up short on a kick in a playoff game against the Bucks last year. It was like a forty-yard field goal, and it was short. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe Gay needs to be tested. Interesting. I was superhuman. All right, so let's go ahead and get into our NFL season predictions. Uh, I think in our previous podcast, whenever we do, whether it's NFL, NBA, or MLB predictions, these tend to be our longer episodes. So we're going to try and keep this as short as possible. And with doing this, I don't think we're going to go through every team, um, like an in-depth at least. We may run through their specific record, but I think we're just going to go person by person and they're just going to give their kind of league playoff predictions, and then for the teams that don't make the playoffs, kind of throw out their record. So is there anyone that wants to start? Because if not, I'll kind of start and show off how I think we should do this. I will say I want to start with the NFC. So if we're doing that first, I'll go. If we're going to start AFC, then one of you guys can take it. NFC? So, yeah, yeah, go ahead and start with the NFC if you want. All right, so, yeah, I think – Despite all the noise in the offseason, going into it for my number one seed, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think this roster led by Tom Brady, although despite some injuries already, they're dealing with Godwin coming back. And you can pretty much bank on Mike Evans missing a couple games along with Julio as well. I still think any team led by Tom Brady is going to be really good. And then when you look around the rest of the NFC, Rams look like they might take a step back. Packers might take a step back. So I think that gives a pathway to the Buccaneers winning the NFC uh, number one seed. Although I do have their record a little bit high at 14 and three. I think that may be a win or two too much that that may be a little high. I'll say that much, but I have the Buccaneers at 14 and three taking the South. We'll go to the NFC North. I have two teams coming out of the playoffs in this division, the Packers and the Vikings are getting some offseason love. And I, I can see the Packers taking a step back with their loss of weapons on offense. But I just learned to trust Aaron Rodgers, and especially that Packers defense is criminally underrated. I feel like they don't get enough love, especially they added a couple more guys through the draft. They went early defenders. I believe one of those picks was another linebacker that they added to that already a good group led by Devontae, DeAndre Campbell. I think it's DeAndre Campbell. But yeah. uh, I have the Packers going 13-4 and four and taking the North. I have the Vikings making the playoffs. They actually grab the fifth seed at 12-5. and five. They just lo- lose out, I think, that week 16. Now, actually, it's 17 now, second to last week of the season. Vikings and Packers play in Lambeau right around New Year's Day, and that could potentially be a big one in terms of shaking out the division. But I don't think the Vikings will win that one in a cold, snowy Lambeau. So Packers take the division at 13-4. and four. Vikings come in second at 12 and five both teams go five and one in division i believe now we'll go to the nfc west and this is where i have let me double check just to be sure yeah this is where i have my other two wildcard teams uh coming from this division just because the nfc east isn't that good 
So NFC West, even though the Rams, I didn't love what I saw tonight, they're still the best team, I believe, in this division, one of the best in the NFC. I have them going 12-5 and five and grabbing the th- three seed. And although I think they're going to have a tough schedule and uh, the roster may need a little bit of work, I think they go 12-5. and five. I also have the 49ers going 12-5, and five, but I think the Rams will be good enough to beat them and get the tiebreaker, although Shanahan is historically owned uh, – uh, McVay in the regular season, I think LA is going to potentially beat them head to head and grab this division. So I have both the Rams and the 49ers going 12 and five. And then the Cardinals, I think finish out stronger than they did last year and go 11 and six. That would give them the seven seed. And so that's my three that make it out of the NFC West. And then I'll go through the NFC East very quickly. Cause there's not a lot of talk about here. I have the Eagles winning at 12 and five. I don't love their quarterback and Jalen Hurts, but the roster is absolutely stacked. And you guys know the drill. The NFC East winner just does not repeat. So I expect it to be something different than Dallas this year. So Eagles go 12-5. and five. They get to the four seed. If you look at the Eagles' schedule, the Eagles have a, a nice, nice start to the season. They could be 4-0 to start things off, and I really wouldn't be surprised. I think Philly's toughest matchup in the first couple of weeks is Minnesota. And they get Minnesota at home, and they get them on a Monday night, which if you know – Kirk's record on Monday night, it's not the best. So, and I, that's their toughest game, I think, in the first couple of weeks. So, I have the Eagles taking the NFC East, and that's the only team I have coming out of that division. So, just to recap, I'll give you the seeds. One seed, the Buccaneers at 14 and three. Two seed will be the Packers at, hold on, give me two seconds. I just switched. Two seed will be the Packers at 13 and four, just one win behind the Bucs. Three seed is the Rams at 12 and five. Four seed is the Eagles at 12 and five. Five seed is the Vikings at 12 and five. Six seed is the 49ers at 12 and five. That's a lot of 12 and five teams there in the NFC. And then the seventh and final team to grab a wild card spot will be Arizona. They drop six games, one eleven. My two teams that just miss out, each grabbing 10 wins apiece. I have actually Dallas, I have grabbing 11 wins, but they lose out on the division by a game. And then I have the Saints, who I think are going to be a lot better than some people think. This is a, still a good roster in New Orleans. I think they just miss a wild card spot and finish at 10 and 7. So Saints and Cowboys, two teams I would not be surprised whatsoever if they make the playoffs. But in my predictions, I'm going to have them just missing it. So I went through that very quickly. Hope you're able to ha- keep up with it all. But it's an NFC team that I don't think has as much young talent of the AFC. And I don't think it's as well-rounded as the AFC. But at the same point in time, I also don't know. If, if the Buccaneers take a step back, then I would really say I don't think there's a clear favorite because the Rams already look like they may – I don't want to react after one game, but the Rams didn't look great tonight. Packers, we all think, are going to take a step back. So if the Buccaneers do as well, we could see uh, the NFC really be anyone's conference. Uh, did you guys happen – I'm sure you guys both kind of peeked at the, my blog. I sent in the group chat earlier, so you kind of already know what direction I'm heading in here. Um. The way I look at it when I do these playoff predictions is I try and pick at least three new teams for each conference if I can. Well, just um, historic, that's- historically, that's it's likely to happen. I mean, if you just look at the the odds, I, I, I don't know what the exact number is, but two to three teams uh, per conference per year are likely to make it. So yeah, I like well, that strategy. I, I checked out the last three years. Since 2018, uh, in the NFC, we've had four new playoff teams, three, then four. And then the AFC, the last three years, we've had two, four, and three new playoff teams each year. So I try and I try and mix it up a little bit. Um, so to start with the NFC East, I have one playoff team. Uh, and as Ben mentioned, the same team never wins this division twice in a row. The, I have the Philadelphia Eagles at 12 and 5. I think their roster is actually underrated. It is 
pretty loaded top to bottom. Their defense is great. Jalen Hurts has weapons. They just added Hassan Reddick, Bradbury, uh, Gardner Johnson from the Saints. I think this year, the big thing last year was they had a good record, but they didn't beat teams over 500. It's time to prove it. I think they'll do it this year. Uh, I have the Cowboys at 98, missing the playoffs. So, I'll say, sorry, yeah. I don't want to steal from you. I'll say real quick about the Eagles. They have a very good formula if they're leading in games because they have a run-first scheme where they will run the ball with their running backs and with Hurts, yeah. and then they can play defense. I don't necessarily know yet how they're going to play when they're behind because last year it was kind of like once they were down 10 points, it was kind of wraps. But when they're ahead, it's it's really tough to beat them because they can they can bring the pressure at you and keep you out of the end zone and then turn the ball and, and burn some clock. And now you add another element potentially in a weapon in A.J. Brown to potentially score quickly if they have to. Right, and and they aren't winning 12 games if Jalen Hurts isn't a competent thrower of the football. Yeah. So with my prediction, I am expecting him to do so. I mean, he's got A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith as disposal now, Dallas Goddard. Those are some pretty damn good weapons. Um. So, yeah, I have that. Um. Dallas, man, they're missing – they're missing uh, Lyle Collins now. Tyron Smith is injured. It's going to be a struggle for that offensive line, I think. It's not as strong as it was in the past. Um, they lose Amari Cooper. It's a I, I, He's maybe not the most loved receiver on this podcast, but um, definitely a good receiver that they lost. They need to get a consistent pass rush, and their schedule is a little tough, so I have them missing it. I have the Buccaneers winning the NFC South. Um, I have them at 12-5. and five. Um, my only concern really with them, because their roster is pretty loaded as well, is the offensive line. Um, you lose uh was it Ali Marpet that retired and their center is injured right now, I believe. Um, uh, but they do have a healthy Tristan works with which helps, but as great as Tom is, he's not mobile whatsoever. So this offensive line is gonna need to hold up, but my God, does Tom have some weapons at his disposal? Julio Jones is going to be solid as a third receiver. I have the Saints making it at 10 and 7. I think the Saints get the wild card. The Saints, for whatever reason, play the Buccaneers so well in the regular season. And I think they will at least split with them. Their defense is pretty stacked. Marcus Davenport's a beast. Cameron Jordan's a beast. That pass rush is going to be nasty. They have a great secondary. Lattimore typically locks up Evans for whatever reason. Um, you get a healthy Jameis back. They were 5-2 and two last year before they lost him. And you add three new receivers, basically, in Thomas, Landry, and Olave. They should be much improved this year. I know Sean Payton's gone, but it's it should be a similar offense and – I don't know. I love their personnel. NFC North, I have the Packers winning it at 11-6. and six. So I think they step back a little bit from their 13-win season, but I think they're still very good. Um, their offense will still be good because they have a very stable running game with Jones and Dillon, um, and they have the most talented QB of our generation. So – I think they'll find a way to get it done on offense. And I like Ben mentioned, their defense is very sneaky good, um, really at all phases. Their special teams was a big issue last year. They got Rich Bisacci on staff. I think he'll help short things up. Um, and I have the Vikings making the playoffs as well at 10-6-1, having tying with the Lions. 
Lions, I have at seven, nine, and one this year. I'm not going to talk too much about that. It's not just because of hard knocks, but I think they will actually be um, quite competitive and they'll knock off a couple good teams this year. Vikings, though, Kevin O'Connell, that offense should be electric with Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen. Um, yeah, I I don't think they'll win the division. I think Green Bay is still the top dog, but I think the Vikings take down Green Bay in week one. So that should be an electric 325 game. Yeah, I would love that. That's for sure. I mean, it's the Vikings the last two seasons have gotten off to 0-2 starts. So to get off on a good foot and get a divisional opponent in week one, I think would be incredible. And they would, in turn, I think would take a little bit of pressure off having to win that week 17 game in Lambeau on the road when it's more likely than not probably going to be snowing in Lambeau. So I think that's going to be big because if if you do, if you get that Lambeau win in week one, it gives you a real path to going five and one in division, which more often than not bodes well for success and making the playoffs. Hey man, you got, you can't, uh, historically they have not been great in soldier late in the season. So yeah, no, I don't week 18 matchup doesn't bite them. Yeah, they've they've been lucky enough for those late Soldier Field matchups or those late Bears matchups to get them at home the last couple of years. So so this time I have to play it in Chicago worries me a little bit. I I very much hope that there is absolutely nothing on the line when that game happens. Yeah, and my thing is the Vikings have to play a Monday night game in Philly week two, um, which may not go great. And they also have a London game against the Saints in week four. Who knows what the hell is going to happen there? So. I think a week that's that's a tough three out of first game, three out of four first games to start your seasons. So a win against Green Bay would be massive. Yeah. Uh, they, final. Yeah, go ahead. I was say last thought about the Vikings is they get a pretty good amount of home games late in the season. I think their last two are on the road in Green Bay and in Chicago. But mm-hmm. right before that, I believe they play like five out of six at home. They get the extra home game this year last year because with the 17 game schedule last year, they had the extra road game. So they get the extra home game this year and they lose an away game because the New Orleans one is in London and it was supposed to be an away game. So really they're playing nine home games and seven road games, which is certainly a nice added bonus to the schedule. But like you said, it's a tough early portion. I think that I would, I would feel decent if they go one and one with green Bay and Philly. Like, I don't think there'd be anyone that'd be upset with that feel incredible if they beat them both. But when you look at their schedule, I, I think really at absolute worst, they have to go three and two through the first five and it would feel really good if they go four and one because it's Packers, Philly, Detroit, Saints, Bears. You 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 absolutely have to beat the Bears and the Lions, and then you would feel great if they can take two out of three of those other teams. And if you take one out of two, you're like, okay, all right, we're at three and two, that's fine. But it would kind of feel like the same old same old Vikings of not getting the wins against those big good teams. So they need yeah, to start off fast. The last couple of years, they have gotten off slow starts. Yep. And that's just so tough to overcome sometimes, especially when you're in a division with Green Bay. Um, in the NFC West, I have the Rams at 13 and four. I'm not going to overreact it tonight. I still think they're a great team. Um, they'll figure it out. They they got Bobby Wagner. They literally threw in a Hall of Famer there in a middle linebacker. Um, I don't know how I feel about Allen Robinson right now. But if he can be a wide receiver too, this offense will be fine. Um, yeah, I I think they're still very good on both sides of the ball. I think they win the division. The Niners, I only have at nine and eight right now. Um, it's not an easy schedule. 
Mike McDaniel's gone. Three starting offensive linemen are gone. And I don't really know what to expect going from Jimmy G to Trey Lance. And I also don't believe that they are totally bought in on Trey Lance. Lately, they or recently, they decided to keep Jimmy Garoppolo rather than release him or find a good trade partner. Um, that almost tells me that they're not entirely sold on Trey Lance and they have a roster that's ready to compete right now. So if need be, Jimmy G's there to step in because they are still in win now mode despite having the young quarterback. Um, and yeah, I've big surprise for me maybe is the Cardinals. I have an eight and nine. They have a very tough start to the schedule and they're without DeAndre Hopkins. And we know that they Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury both have a track record of not performing well in the second half of seasons. So until they can prove otherwise, um, I don't think the schedule meshes great for them. So I have them eight and nine and missing the playoffs. So I can run through it real quick. My playoff teams by seed Rams one uh, Eagles actually two because of whatever tiebreaker it is Buccaneers three um Packers four Vikings five Saints six and 49ers seven so I believe that's three new playoff teams in the Saints Vikings and did I have a third new playoff team Eagles no they they were in it they got ball race but oh that's right that's right all right well that's that's two new playoff teams I tried you know um, so I actually have very, I actually have the exact same playoff teams as Colin, just different orders. So I'm going to run through all of my teams in the NFC's uh, records. You guys pretty much just hit on all the keynotes already, so I won't reiterate everything. But uh, in the NFC North, I have the Packers being the two seed at 15 and two. Um, I have the Vikings getting the five seed at 11 and six. I have the Lions at nine and eight missing the playoffs, and I have the Bears at six and eleven missing the playoffs. In the NFC East, I have the Philadelphia Eagles going eleven and six, getting the four seed. The Dallas Cowboys going nine and eight and missing the playoffs. The New York Giants and the Washington Commanders both going three and fourteen and missing the playoffs. In the oh, NFC, Washington's going to be that bad. I think they're going to be pretty bad. But if you read my blog, I did I add a, I did add a little note with them since our beloved podcast listeners. I would throw it in there. Usually, every single year, there's at least one team that kind of comes out of nowhere and starts to compete for the division to win it. I don't think Washington's that good to win it. But if I had one pick for a team to kind of come out of nowhere and win a division, it's Washington. So bet responsibly. But if you were a gambling person, I would take a look at the odds for Washington to win the NFC East and sprinkle a little, sprinkle a little money on that. Just cause, just a little. You are call me so, crazy. You are just on two opposite ends of the spectrum here. I think they're winning three. Call games. me crazy. They may win the division. <laughs> I, I 
To be fair, that's the most Washington thing ever. Yeah. To be yeah. fair. I wish regardless was a football team. Yes. I do too. Regardless, we'll go to the NFC South. I have the Buccaneers finishing 15 and 2 and getting the one seed. I have the Saints finishing 10 and 7 and getting the seven seed. And I have the Panthers going 5 and 12 missing the playoffs and the Falcons going 2 and 15 and missing the playoffs. And to wrap it all up with the NFC West, I have the Rams going 12 and 5 getting the 3 seed, the 49ers going 10 and 7 getting the 6 seed, and I have the Arizona Cardinals. This may be a shocker to you guys going 6 and 11 and missing the playoffs and the Seattle Seahawks going 2 and 15. So to reiterate I have the Bucks as the one seed, the Packers as the two seed, the Rams as the three seed, and the Eagles as the four seed, the Vikings as the five, the Niners as the six, and the Saints as the seven. This is completely unrelated to playoff talk, but Falcons just draft their a potential next QB in Desmond Ritter, and you would think at some point this season they hand the keys over to him. But if they were to have a season where, I mean, because the roster is not very good, if they were to have a season like what you mentioned where they win two games, do they cut bait with Ritter right away and take a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud there at the top of the draft next year? You would think they'd have to consider it. I mean, Ritter's probably not that good of a prospect to hold off a generational one like Young or Stroud. Not as a generational, but certainly a better prospect than Ritter is. That's a tough situation to be in. I, I mean, they've seen Ritter more than any of us have. Like, they see him in camp. They see him in practice. So, maybe that is a deciding factor. And I, you're right. I bet he does see the field at least for a couple games this season. So, based on all that information, I bet they make a decision. Like, if he really wows you in the, that time that he gets, then yeah. But if he doesn't wow you, there's no reason to not look at a Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. And I, I agree. Um, I didn't put it in my blog, but I was thinking about it. I've always been a big Desmond Ritter guy. I think he was great at Cincinnati. And I think as kind of that dual threat kind of quarterback, I think with the success we've seen out of guys like Lamar and Jalen Hurts, I think he could have success in the NFL. So I think, I mean, as my record predictions show at the Falcons at 2-15, and 15, I don't think the Falcons are going to be good this year but I don't think that necessarily makes them go out and get another quarterback even if they're up there who knows what the kind of draft war is going to look like come draft time next year but I don't know if they I'm not sold on them going quarterback my kind of bold prediction that I I should have put in my blog but I didn't was I had my way down the line future prediction is that the Atlanta Falcons in four years draft Archie Manning. That's my prediction. How the hell do you get to that conclusion? Call me crazy. In is four Archie years, Archie Manning that guy. I think he's that guy. Every clip I think I he's he's playing a middle school defense, so it's tough to determine. Fair, but he could just be making them look like a middle school defense. Who knows? So I propose. Uh, as we move on to the AFC, we go in reverse order. So I'll go ahead and start, then yeah. Colin, then Ben. So I'll just do the same that I did. I won't go in-depth to each 
prediction because I know you two guys will. So here we go. AFC East, I have the Buffalo Bills getting the one seed and going 14-3. and three. I have the Miami Dolphins getting the seventh seed and going 11-6. I have the Patriots going 7-10 and 10, and the Jets going 4-13, and 13, missing the playoffs. I then have the, in the AFC North, I have the Baltimore Ravens going 12-5, and 5, getting the three seed and making the playoffs. And then I have the Bengals going nine and eight, the Steelers going six and eleven, and the Browns going five and twelve. All three of those teams I have missing playoffs. In the AFC South, I have the Indianapolis Colts going eleven and six, getting the four seed. And then I have the Tennessee Titans going ten and seven, the Jacksonville Jaguars going. 7 and 10 and the Houston Texans going 2 and 15 all missing the playoffs. And then finally in the AFC West, I have the Kansas City Chiefs getting the 2 seed going 13 and 4, the Chargers getting the 5 seed at 12 and 5, the Raiders getting the 6 seed at 11 and 6. So I'll re-go through the playoff order. Bills 1 seed, Chiefs 2 seed. Ravens, three seed. Colts, four seed. Chargers, five seed. Raiders, six. Dolphins, seven. Okay. I I have something somewhat similar to that. Uh, starting off with the Bills, I also have a 14 and three. I talked a little bit about them, but should be a top five defense, top five offense. I looked at the schedule. I have them starting the year at 10 and 0. I think they're going to be the story this year. I think Josh Allen is your MVP. I have high expectations for this team. Uh, Patriots and Dolphins, I both have an eight and nine. I think they both have potential to make the playoffs. Um, the Patriots just don't wow me. I don't know if they have the personnel to compete with some of these other top teams. And the Dolphins, they have a brutal start to the schedule in September. Um I would look through it real quick if I can. It is the Patriots, Ravens, Bills, Bengals. That is a brutal start. I think at best they go one and three on that stretch. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, first year under Mike McDaniel, they have a lot of speed. I like their secondary. I don't know about their run game, though. Uh, or Tua. So... They have a stretch at the end of the season. It's 49ers, Chargers, Bills, Green Bay. Yikes. That's going to end their season. Uh, AFC South, I have the Ravens going 12-5, and winning the division. With a healthy Lamar, I think they win it last year, and I think they win it this year. Um, He will be one of the top MVP candidates this year. I think he's in for a big season. Bengals, 11-6. and six. I think they make it back to the postseason, not winning the division this time. Um, on paper, this roster has improved over last year. Um, I like their front seven, actually, especially their pass rush. I think it's going to be good. Um, and I like their, their offensive line has definitely improved over what it was. So Joe Burrow shouldn't be killed um, as often as he was last year. They play the Ravens in week 18, too. Keep an eye on that game. 
I have the Steelers and Browns both at seven and ten. AFC South, I have the Colts at twelve and five. I think Matty Ice and the boys um get it done. I think they're the best team, the most talented team in the division. Matt Matt Ryan is not like special at this stage in his career, but he's definitely an upgrade over Carson Wentz. I think he will be able to do what is asked of him in the big games. And their defense is, I mean, all three levels is pretty, pretty, na- pretty nasty. DeForest Buckner, Shaq Leonard, Stephon Gilmore, Kenny Moore. I love it. Titans, I have it 10 and 7. I, I'm not a Ryan Tannehill guy. Derrick Henry's getting older. He has a lot of miles on his legs. Um, and A.J. Brown's off the Philly. Their defense is solid, but I just don't think they're good enough to get it done. The Chargers, I have winning the AFC West at 12-5. and five. This is a top three roster in the league, if not the most loaded roster. Um, hopefully Justin Hay- just what is their coach's name? Staley, Brandon Staley. Sorry. I think if he cannot be an idiot and go for it on fourth down inside their own 20, uh, they can make the playoffs this year. Um, adding Khalil Mack and JC Jackson, that defense will be huge. I have the Raiders at 11 6, second place in the division. Um, I love the offseason that they had, acquiring stars in Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones to what was a playoff team last year. I think Derek Carr is going to have a great, probably the best season, if maybe second best of his career. And I think their defense will be solid enough. I think it will be middle of the pack, and that should be good enough to get them to the postseason. Chiefs 10-7, and seven, I think they make the playoffs. Um, it's just a tough, very, very tough division and a tough conference. They lose Tyree Kill and Tyron Matthew, and honestly, they weren't great last year. I think we could all agree that the Chiefs were worse last year than they were the previous three years. So I have them still making it. I just don't think they're as dominant. I think they finally lose the division. And I have the Denver Broncos at eight and nine. I'm not going to get too much into that, but I don't think they are as good as these other teams in the division. So to go back through it, I have the Bills of the one seed, Chargers the two, the Ravens as the three, Colts as the four. My wild cards are the Bengals at five, Raiders at six, and Chiefs at seven. I honestly feel like the AFC is so good, and some of these bad teams in the AFC aren't going to be that bad. Like, I think Jacksonville and Houston will definitely be improved over what they were last season, um, as well as the Jets. And with those teams, I don't think any of them are expecting to make postseason pushes i just think if they can see improvements out of their young players get see some development it's a successful season for them all right time time for me to wrap up the american football conference i would guess i didn't catch all of yours because i was fixing something but i would guess we are pretty similar i'll go in a little bit different order i'll start with the afc west this is the one division i did not catch of yours colin who was your division champ for this division AFC West. I had the Chargers. Okay. And then Raiders and Chiefs as wild cards. Okay. So my order here, and I've been saying this on the radio show I do here at Mizzou. So you guys, I don't really think I've heard 
I just I like the Chiefs this year, and I know it's a team that took a step back, but I really like their two draft picks, and they spent in earlier rounds back in April on George Karloftis and Tread McDuffie. I think those fill two needs, and I think Karloftis is probably a little bit better pass rusher than where he was taken at in the draft. And I think Mahomes is going to have a really good season. I like Mahomes' odds potentially for MVP because he's not the favorite, so you could get him right now. I think he's third or fourth best odds. And just because I feel like they're going to be an efficient offense, they're going to spread the ball around. And I think it may make Mahomes a better quarterback being able to use receivers every single week. It may not be just the same guy every week, but one week it'll be uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, who has the big game. Other weeks will be Travis Kelsey, Sky Moore, Miko Hardman, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling. There's a bunch of receivers there that aren't really exceptional at anything, but they're all average to above average. So I have the Chiefs going 13-4 and four and taking that division. I have them going 4-2 and two in division. Raiders are my second team in that division at 12-5, and five, and that gets them the 5 seed. And then I have the Chargers going 11-6. and six. This will be a really close race all the way down to the end of it. But I have three out of four teams making the playoffs in this one, as did you, Colin. Um, same three teams, just a little bit different order. I have the Broncos just missing out at 10 and 7. It's a good roster, but I think it's going it, it may be a year or two before it's really a title contending team in Denver. So Chiefs win this one. Chargers and Raiders make it close and both make the playoffs, but the Chiefs win this one and grab the one seed. I know that's that's interesting. They grab the one seed at 13 and 4. And then the Bills also go 13 and 4. I have them winning the AFC East. But I believe I have the Chiefs beating the Bills head to head. Um, so that's going to give the Chiefs the one seed. Bills get the two seed at 13 and four. They're the only team I have making it out of the AFC East. Patriots, I have just missing at 10 and seven. And the Dolphins, I think, are decent, but not great. I don't, I, I think the offense is going to be improved, especially with Mike McDaniel and the addition of Tyree Kill. But the defense is good, but I think Brian Flores was a bigger part of that than some people maybe realize. So I wouldn't be shocked if that defense takes a step back. So I have the Dolphins finishing under 508-9. Like you said, Colin, it's a really tough part to start to their schedule. So Bill's the only team coming out of the AFC East. AFC North, I think, is a two-team race all the way. I guess if you wanted to, you could throw in the Steelers. I just don't trust their quarterback play for an entire season, and their offensive line isn't very good. Two very big key components. So realistically for me, I think it's a two-team race, the Bengals and the Ravens. And I'm going to say my bet right now is our game 256 last Sunday of the season, that game that always gets selects to Sunday Night Football. I think that's going to be Bengals and Ravens because I have that one in Week 18 being for the division, and I have the Bengals winning that game to go to 12-5 and five on the season. Ravens dropped to 11-6. and six. And I think these two teams will split against each other in two games they play. But I have the Bengals getting the one win they need on the last week of the season to move to 12 and five and clinch the three seed. Ravens go 11 and six and get the seventh spot. I believe that last game of the season is in Cincinnati. I'm not 100% positive about that. I know they play each other that week. Um, and I believe it's in Cincinnati, which should be a help for the Bengals. And then last division to talk about. Uh, I, I think that the Titans will be competitive, but I certainly see them taking a step back from the number one seed they were last year with 13 wins. This is the Colts division to lose, I believe. I think it's the best roster. They upgrade it, the most important position in quarterback, and they can run the ball and play defense. So I have the Colts going 11-6. and six. They go 5-1 and one in division. They finally are able to at least beat the Titans once, and that's more than enough, I think, for them to take this one. And so my seven teams that make the playoffs out of the AFC, I'll run through it one more time. Chiefs go 13 and four to grab the one seed. Bills also at 13 and four, but they're in the two spot. Bengals, the defending AFC champs, are at 12 and five. And for the second straight year, are the three seed. And then the Colts will finally get a game in Lucas Oil Stadium in the playoffs once again, going 11 and six and taking the South. My three wildcard teams come from just two different divisions. The Raiders get the five seed at 12 and five, Chargers 11 and six to grab the six seed. 
And then the Ravens also at 11-6 grab the number seven seed. So I don't have the Ravens as a new playoff team this year, the Chargers as a new playoff team this year, and the Colts as a new playoff team this year. So I got my three on the AFC side. I feel I, I feel pretty good about those. Yep. Yeah. I, I we feel all, I feel good about that. We were all so very similar on these predictions. Oh, and yeah. It'll be hilarious to come back to this at the end of the year and see how terrible. Yeah, if if the three wildcard teams in the AFC are like Denver, Miami, and New England, I'm going to be upset. Big one, I'm going to be upset because it means that like Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson are at home during the playoffs, which is sucks for everyone. No disrespect to Mac Jones and Tua, but I think we'd all much rather see Herbert and Lamar Jackson. But yeah, that Agreed. hopefully hopefully that's not not the case. Um yeah. so based on our predictions, who do we have as getting like the top two picks in the draft? Interesting question. Uh, um so in I did the uh like the playoffpredictor.com and I'll just throw out my top five picks. Uh, that it tells me right here, and it says number one Falcons, number two Texans, three Seahawks, four Commanders, five Giants. Now I don't know what teams actually own those picks, but that's that's how I have it finishing from bottom to top, I guess. So I know I had to pick every single game to get to the standings where I'm at. Once I got once I picked them all the first time, I went back through and made some changes until I really got the playoff teams how I liked it, and I didn't pay as, as much of attention. I based on every game I picked, I have Washington going one and sixteen. I don't really think that they actually go one and sixteen. I'm gonna disagree with that. I don't think I don't think Washington is 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 that bad despite what what picks I may have made that get them to that point. So I don't think that they're really that bad. If I just had to guess looking at it, I think Houston gets a top three pick. I think Seattle gets a top three pick, and it wouldn't shock me if the Falcons get a top three pick. Seattle Seattle for sure, which that's the one thing that annoys me about them, about them starting Geno Smith is because Geno Smith will mess around and win them a couple games that they don't want to win. They really need to tank and grab a, a, a good, really good quarterback for the future in Stroud or Bryce Young or potentially even another prospect that rises up the draft boards. Who knows? Maybe Richardson has this Heisman campaign or it's um, the, the quarterback in Kentucky, wh- whoever it is. Seahawks really should be tanking for that next guy. And I guarantee you there'll be a, there'll be a game in like San Francisco that Geno Smith throws for three touchdowns where Drew Locke would have thrown for three picks that Seattle does not want to win, but he gets on that win, which is why – I get it. You want to win football games. It just didn't make sense for me to, for Seattle to start Geno Smith. Yeah, I think the Giants, Texans, and Seahawks are the are end up being in the top three, and I could see all three of them uh, going with the quarterback there. Even though I think Davis Mills is solid, um, if the Texans were to end up top three, they're not going to hesitate to pass on a talent like that. Yeah. I don't. Think. No, I Although don't think at they would. Top either. of the draft, you we are gonna see like uh Will Anderson and what's his name, Javon Carter out of Georgia. There's a couple great defensive players in this class, so that'll be interesting to track. I think it really all just depends on what teams are there again. I think this is the last year we see Daniel Jones as a starting quarterback. I agree. I, I would agree. I would I don't think it gets past this season, and especially now with a coach and Brian Dable. I mean 
the roster's not great, but it's now year, what, four or five for him. He's got to prove it. He's got to stay healthy for a full season, too. And I just don't like the odds of that happening. Yep. All right. So if we want to go and then in the reverse order again to do our playoff prediction. So Ben will go Ben, Colin, me. Just give your, I guess, championship games in each league and then Super Bowl matchup and then your winner. And then after that, we'll go into awards. So for the AFC, it's pretty plain, but I think we get a rematch of last year's incredible AFC divisional round match between the Chiefs and the Bills, the two teams I have as the one and two seeds. I, I think the Bengals are going to be good, and they will make it tough on either of those teams, just everyone they play. I really hope we get a Bengals-Bills playoff game. I think that would be incredible, so I hope we get that. But I'm going to take the Bills and the Chiefs to be in the AFC championship game, and that's a that's a tough decision because I, I feel like the Bills are the better team but I just don't know how I feel picking the team that is everyone's favorite right now. So I'm going to go against it and say that the Chiefs make to the AFC chain. They make it to the Super Bowl this year. I, I don't like it. I don't really like the Chiefs because I live here in Missouri um, with all the Chiefs fans that I like to make fun of. So I, I don't like that I'm doing it, but I'm going to pick the Chiefs to come out of the AFC against my, my best bets. And out of the NFC side, it's it's weird. It doesn't make sense that – that he's even back and playing, but I'm going to ride with Tom Brady again. I've, I've the last couple of years been high on them. Uh, last year I had them, I believe winning the Super Bowl when they were bounced by the Rams in the second round this year, I'm going to say that Tampa Bay gets back to there and we're going to have a rematch of Tampa Bay and Kansas city. And although I do think Mahomes, I don't think will ever pass Tom Brady as the goat. a win in a Super Bowl against him would certainly at least strengthen his hall of fame resume. And I think Patrick Mahomes is grabbing Super Bowl number two this year. Sounds odd, but that's just what I'm going to go with here on this 12, 10 AM, September 9th. Who will emerge as the wide receiver one on that offense? On Kansas city. Yeah. I mean, like I wouldn't be shocked if they have three different receivers with like 500 to 600 receiving yards and no one is like really close to a thousand outside of Kelsey. If I just have to pick one, I'm going to say Juju because I think he's the most established. I like Sky more though. I'll say that much. I, th I, I would say Juju, I guess, emerges as the wide receiver one by default, but I, I think it's going to be, if you just look at receiving yards with him, I could see Sky Moore and, and Juju both having anywhere between 500 and 700 yards each. And then I think both Valdez Scaling and Hardman each have somewhere between like 300 and 500. And then Kelsey, I think it's going to go for a thousand. Good see it. Um, I, I agree. I never like going with like who everybody else is picking, but I've been so high on Buffalo for a long time now, probably the third year in a row. I've been super high on them. Um, and it's just, it's how I've really felt since the beginning of the off season. I think Buffalo is the team this year. I think they win the AFC. Josh Allen gets his MVP. And I think they defeat the Chargers at home in the AFC Championship. I think the Chargers have a great year. I hope they don't have a better year than the Raiders, but I think they will. Justin Herbert is that guy. And that roster is, I mean, that pass rush is going to be great. They have a lockdown corner now. Great slot corner. Linebackers are good enough, and that offense is going to be nice. I think Josh Allen and the Bills get it done, though. And in the NFC, I think – I was – I really don't love any team in the NFC. I like a lot of teams. Um, 
And I ended up going with the Buccaneers beating the Rams. I think they get their revenge. Tom Brady, I think, I think Tom gets his revenge. And this game I would have being in Los Angeles based on my seedings. Um, this will be the last year of Tom Brady's career. And he goes out losing to the Bills in Arizona. Call it a passing of the torch, if you will. I think Josh Allen's going to be the best quarterback of this decade. And yeah, I think I think that's how Tom goes out. That would be a that that matchup would. Um, oh, that would be awesome. Be super box office ratings would be maybe record breaking. Real quick, Donovan. I, I can't wait. Just, yeah, go ahead. I, I just want to amend the second go because when you asked me about who emerges as the receiver for the Chiefs, I have Mahomes as a 5,000-yard passer this year. He came close last year, and I think another crack at it, another 17-game season gets him over 5,000. So I realize the math I did doesn't really check out. I'm going to boost Kelsey closer to 1,200 yards and just flat 1,000. And I think Juju, he's hit 1,000 before, and when I – thought about it it's really not as hard to hit a thousand yards anymore when you're playing 17 games I think Juju's right. up there right around 900 and you could see I think one of their other receivers whether it's Sky Moore or it's potentially Nicole Hardman I think are much closer to 700 800 so I think it's, I I think that's more where I would put it for the Chiefs I even wrote in my blog about the Kansas City Chiefs that I believe since they lost a guy like Tyreek Hill, I believe they're going to get at least the run game more involved, if not the run game, then at least kind of the more shorter pass game. And I expect a bigger role out of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I know he's not a big pick for any sort of fantasy implications, but I do think he has high upside, and I think he's going to have the big year. I think if you combine his rushing and receiving yards, I think he's a guy that could finish with over a thousand yards. I really do. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked by that. I think the biggest thing for Clyde is health because he missed yeah. games last year, and I also think a big thing is I feel like Kansas City likes to rotate their bats, and Ronald Jones surprisingly made the roster and stuck. Jarek McKinnon had a big role in the playoffs last year, so how much does he get the ball again? And then they apparently really like this rookie. Isaiah Pacheco potentially if you look at him he wears number 10 I mean if you like just very quickly looked he's nowhere near as fast as Tyree Kill but it, it looks a little right. bit like him if you just quickly glance over in his direction so I that would be the one thing I think standing in Clyde's way um, of potentially being that that number one running back guys that, that I could see them rotating but it's it's going to be a much more spread out offense this season than in the past for sure yeah all right so I'll run through my playoffs real quick I have the Bills in the AFC Championship game as a shocker to absolutely nobody. I have them beating the Chargers to get there. And then I also have the Chiefs making the AFC Championship game. I have them beating the Ravens to get there. So we get a rematch of Bills-Chiefs, finally this time in Buffalo. Third time's a charm. I think Buffalo gets it done, moves on to the Super Bowl. In the NFC, I have the Buccaneers beating the Vikings to make it to the NFC Championship game. And then I have the Rams beating the Packers to make it to the NFC Championship game. And once again, we get a phenomenal rematch of another divisional game from last year, Buccaneers-Rams. This time, I have the Buccaneers winning it. And just like Colin, I have Bills-Buccaneers 
And do you guys have any guess of who I would be taking in that Super Bowl matchup? I'm just curious. I, I would just, considering you're wearing, I know the viewers can't can't see, you can only hear, but you are wearing a Josh Allen jersey at the moment. So I'm gonna I'm gonna guess the team in New York and probably not the one in Tampa, but that's just a hinge. I I would say you are correct. This is the year of the Buffalo. There's a reason why they're favored by so many to win it all, and it's because they're that good. You could argue that they had a top three offense last year and a top three defense last year. And what they do, they added Von Miller on defense. And they added, you know, I still have high upside for James Cook. I don't think this is going to be a run-heavy offense. But another year of Josh Allen. There's a reason why he's the favorite to win the MVP. There's a reason why the Bills are the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Why not them? The year of the Buffalo, I'm fully in. I would just say, you, you say the year of the Buffalo, but I will throw out there that my uh, Mizzou rec team name, we are named the Buffaloes, and we got absolutely smoked today. So I, I don't know if I'd call it the year of the Buffalo yet. You guys are a disgrace. It certainly was not like that. You are a disgrace to, to yeah, Buffalo. Regardless, I will run through my award predictions really quick. So I don't know how in-depth with your awards you guys got. I did MVP. Offensive and Defensive Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, and then Offensive and Defensive Rookie of the Year. That's all I did. I don't know if you guys did the same, but I'll just run through mine real quick. MVP, shocker nobody, Josh Allen. Offensive Player of the Year, I have Najee Harris. I really do believe with his, at his young age, with the, high volume he'll be getting, especially with a team that'll probably switch quarterbacks mid-year. Defensive player of the year, a little bit of a shocker. I go Devin White. Um, and then coach of the year, I have Todd Bowles. I think they finished 15-2 and two and make it to the Super Bowl with Tom Brady, who's half-retired. And on the mask singer, by the way. We didn't get much into that, but he's definitely on the mask singer. Um, regardless, comeback player of the year, Michael Thomas. I think the Saints are going to make the playoffs. I think it's going to be a big part of that. And then Offensive Player of the Year, or Offensive Rookie of the Year, excuse me. If you know me, I'm not big on a lot of rookies. I think it takes them about a year to get settled into the NFL, know how everything works. Um, so I usually don't like to go quarterback, especially if none of them are starting. And I really don't like to go running back. So this year, I went with Drake London, strictly on the basis that I think with not having a lot of targets in that offense, he will get a bunch of targets in that offense, if that makes any sense. Not a lot of weapons, so he'll get a lot of targets. That's what I meant. And then defensive rookie of the year, I'm going Kyle Hamilton of the Baltimore Ravens. I think he'll be good. He's he's pretty pro-ready. Um, by the way, if Tom Brady, whether he's on it or not, someone, whoever leaked this like rumor that Tom Brady left camp to be on the Mass Singer, I don't know how the hell it started, but it had to have been someone pro, like the marketing team for the Mass Singer because this is terrific marketing. Well, I, I think I'm going to tune in just to, like I know it's not Tom Brady, but I'm going to tune it in. It has to be Tom Brady because I don't know. Like it's just the most random, th- chaotic. I don't get it. I don't get why this is even a rumor, but I'm going to watch it now. And I would never watch the Mass Singer before this. Amen. Um, Josh Allen is my MVP. I mentioned I also like Herbert and Lamar's 
chances. Lamar has plus 2,000 odds, which is, I think is a little interesting. Um, I think that's great value. And Derek Carr, a little bit of a homer, is my, the dark horse pick. If they can pull out the AFC West, I think he has a shot. Defensive player of the year, I went with Mar- Micah Parsons. He won defensive rookie of the year last year. He 13 sacks, like three forced fumbles, a ton of tackles. Um, he's kind of elite in everything he does, and he's going to tear up the – NFC beast this year. Offensive player of the year, I went Justin Jefferson. Then he gets like eight, somewhere around the range of 1,800 yards, 12 touchdowns if he plays every game. Um, keep an eye on Jonathan Taylor, though. If he can keep inching closer to 2,000, he has a great shot. Uh, comeback player of the year, I like Michael Thomas at plus 2,000 to win it. Um, he hasn't played in two years. If he can, and I know he's kind of dealing with well, like a hamstring now, it's something new every week. But if he can return somewhat to his old self in what I think will be a very solid team this year, I think he can win it. Jameis is another interesting candidate just because he missed the whole second half of last year. And if the Saints can return to the playoffs, Jameis also has a very solid chance. Coach of the year, I'm actually going with Nick Sirianni. At plus 2,000 as well. I feel like this award typically does not go to the team with the best record. I could be wrong with that. But a lot of these Coach of the Year awards go to teams who are kind of still on the rise and exceed expectations. I think the Eagles, since I picked them to win 12 games, are that team this year. So Sirianni is a good bet to win Coach of the Year. My offensive and defensive rookie of the years, I'm going Drake London for offense. Um, I think he's the best receiver in the draft, and Arthur Smith will find a way to give him the ball. My defensive rookie of the year, I'm going Hutchinson over Thibodeau. I think Hutchinson is the most pro-ready. I think he's going to make the biggest impact right out of the scene. Um I heard he looked great in camp. Uh, I know he's the betting favorite, so, you know, not the boldest pick of me there. But I think Hutchinson is going to wreak havoc this season. I don't think these guys are going to win it because of their positions, but I think Jordan Davis for the Eagles and Jaquan Brisker for the Bears have great uh, rookie seasons and kind of outperform where they were picked. All right, I'll run through a couple. I'm not going to do every single one that you guys did because I think a lot are similar, and I like a lot of the players that you named. I'll name a couple off the top of my head that I had going different. I mentioned this a little bit a moment ago. I have Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs winning MVP. I think he adds the second. Just looking at the stats, I believe he goes for 5,000-plus yards and 40-plus touchdowns. That's not really a stretch for him because if you just look at last year, where some consider it to be more of a down year, he still threw 37 touchdowns, and I believe it was upwards of 46, 4,700 yards. So 500 for 5,040 touchdowns really is not a stretch. Offensive play of the year, I like you, Colin. I also have Justin Jefferson because I think he's going to get the ball a lot. And Kevin O'Connell's new offense, although if Matthew Stafford just refuses to look at other receivers all season like he did tonight, it would not shock me if Cup wins that award again because – 
like I said, Stafford was just looking his way the entire time this evening. So that could be a recipe for another huge season out of Cup. But I'm going to go Jefferson for Offensive Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, I'm going to do my NFC pick, and I think that is Chris Olave, whether it be because Michael Thomas misses some time or just because I think he's a really good and pro-ready receiver. I like Olave to potentially take that home award. I think he lands in a good offense, too, with New Orleans. So I believe that was the only ones I had that I really wanted to get out. Olave, Jefferson, and Mahomes as the MVP. Coach of the year to candidate, I think if you see potentially the Chiefs grab the number one seed and and have another good run that like they did a couple years ago, you could see Andy Reid's name thrown in there. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of other sleeper teams I have, have off the top of my head. Yeah, it, it wouldn't shock me if you have a final three with like Andy Reid, maybe Sean McDermott, and Todd Bowles also would not surprise me taking over first year if he leads the Buccaneers into a deep playoff run. And I think that wraps up all of our awards. Um, do any of you guys have anything else to add for at least the season preview or maybe like a week one in general? I do have some uh, locks for week one. Okay. Let's hear uh, Start off. I think this one was very interesting. Washington is playing at home and they're minus two and a half against Jacksonville. I'm, I'm a little confused by this from Vegas. I thought this would be a little more in Washington's favor. They actually have them on win total. I think it was over under eight and a half wins this year. So Vegas is a little high on Washington, but they only have them as two and a half point favorites at home. So I'm hammering the commanders. Carson Wentz debut. Week. Yeah. Okay. Panthers versus Browns. Panthers money line. Baker Mayfield gets his revenge. Jacoby Brissett is not going to know what hit him. I got the Panthers, who I think are going to struggle after that. I think they're going to win in week one. Ravens at Jets. Very interesting game because Joe Flacco is starting for New York, playing against his former team. I still think the Ravens are going to cover uh, the minus seven. I mean, they're just – they're a much more talented team here. I'm not going to overthink it. I'm going with Baltimore. Buccaneers at Cowboys, it's only minus two and a half for the Bucks. I think they win this one just like they did last year. It could be a high-scoring affair. That's why I also am hammering the over at 50 and a half. I thought tonight was a gimme for the over, but I am – Certain that Bucks Cowboys will go over 50 and a half. It's a great number, and you should definitely take the Bucks to win by at least three points. Finally, because overs are fun, life's too short to bet the under. Chiefs Cardinals over 53 and a half. How could that game not be a shootout in week one? That's a shootout. Makes sense to me. Guaranteed. Ooh. Throwing, throwing the guarantee around. All right, so I'll run through mine. Through all of week one, I had eight bets, and two of them were tonight. So tonight I had the Bills minus two and a half. That hit. And then I have the Bills-Rans over 52. That did not hit. So I'm starting the season one and one. I'm okay with that. For the rest of week one, I have Panthers money line. I love this Baker revenge game. I'm rooting for Baker so much. I hope he does well. Colin, I'm actually uh, hitting this as my official fade Colin pick of the week. 
I love Jacksonville this week. I do. I think Jacksonville wins outright. I have the Jaguars money line. Well, here's I've what's long- interesting. What happened in week 18? Trevor Lawrence looked awesome in week 18. And who did he beat? The Colts? Was it the Colts? And I who's think he's asking quarterback. who's the quarterback, yeah. Well, yeah, he beat Carson Wentz. Yeah. Yeah. I never and I think he does again. Together. I literally – I almost want to rescind this now because I didn't put those pieces together until literally just now. Carson Wentz is going to be seeing ghosts. Are you kidding me? Exactly. I'm going to delete this for my blog. I will say, as crazy as it sounds, and I do think the Jaguars take a step forward, there's a real path to them starting the season out 2-0 and because I wouldn't be shocked if they go and beat the Commanders. Commanders are a better, better team, I think, but I don't think that's a stretch whatsoever. And then the Jaguars come back home in week two and they face the Indianapolis Colts. And I know it's not the Colts with the Wentz anymore, but no matter who's been a quarterback the last couple of years, the Jaguars have been able to handle the Colts no matter how good their roster has been. People forget in 2020, that was the only win the Jaguars had. They beat the Phillip Rivers led Colts at home. So, I mean, there's a if, if the Jaguars sat here two weeks from now at 2-0, I would not be shocked whatsoever. And I I think I'm higher on the Jags than most. I in my season prediction, I don't know if you guys caught it. I have them finishing at seven and ten. Yeah. I like how this offense is fit. Um, I mentioned that in my blog. I love Doug Peterson as a coach. I know he was kind of chased out of Philly at the end of his tenure, but the dude won a Super Bowl not only with Carson Wentz being an MVP candidate, but then he topped it all off with Nick Foles topping Tom Brady. I don't think that's talked enough. You can talk about that he had good weapons, he had other good coaches on the staff, or those guys were just playing above their abilities. You can say that. But I, at that point, I think you have to give Doug Peterson some credit. That's why he has a statue outside of Philly. And I think he's going to be a good fit with this Jags team. Trevor Lawrence, we saw him start to pick up momentum at the end of last year. They had Travis Etienne, who missed all of last year. This is going to be his first year in the NFL, and he's already played with Trevor Lawrence, let's not forget, at Clemson. They add a guy like Christian Kirk. They already have Marvin Jones. They had the number one pick, and they added the Georgia guy on defense. I think they're going to be a frisky team. I think they're going to be in a lot of one-score games. They're going to be that kind of team that's in a lot of one-score games but doesn't always win it. But I honestly think there may be, like, a piece or two on offense and maybe a piece or two on defense from maybe next year competing to win the AFC South. So I have them money line. I'll continue on with the rest of my card. Alliance money line. I have them beating the Eagles. Crazy. Jared Goff is, I think, 5-0 and against the spread on week one. Let's not forget, they had that great kind of last-minute comeback against the 49ers last year. And the Eagles are one of those teams where once they get a lead, they love to play it. They, you know, they keep that lead from behind. They don't always play well from behind. I can kind of see the Lions maybe getting a halftime lead and trying to hold on to that. I have Kansas City minus five and a half, Denver minus six and a half against the Seahawks on Monday night, and then uh, I my lock of the week. And as much as I hate to bet unders, I hate to bet unders. But I saw this number and I go, this is way too high. Patriots, Dolphins, under 46. Oh, 
I didn't see that one. That is way too high. Way too high. I think last year they played week one and it was 17 16. Something like that. 46. Crazy high. That's my lock. Yeah, that's that's too high. I there's I can't see that one scoring a combined fifty points. Exactly. Um, I like the stuff you said about Jacksonville because although my I, I noted that although my record is not high for them, I still think they're a much improved football team. And I also mentioned that they will play in a lot of competitive games because Doug Peterson is a great coach for these their personnel and the guys they have. Trevor Lawrence is the guy. I still think he will be the best quarterback in that draft class, and he will show many signs of improvement this year. He's he's bound to be a top-10 quarterback at some point in the near future. Um, I don't know when that will happen, but Trevor's the guy. And, yeah, Travis Etienne, Trayvon Walker, if they can see some development from those guys, um, no matter the win total, it'll be a successful season. Oh, yeah. Ben, do you have anything else to add? Oh, I would say, I, I, especially if we're talking about the Jaguars, I'm not going to chime in on the, the, the vets for week one, but on the Jaguars front, it's certainly it's just going to be a successful season if you see a step forward out of Trevor Lawrence. And I certainly think that happens. You mentioned how much you like the Doug Peterson hire for Jacksonville. I completely agree there. Uh, as a guy who was a former quarterback, I think that works really well with a young quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. I think the biggest thing for him is going to be cutting down on the turnovers. I believe it was somewhere near 16 or 17 interceptions for Lawrence last year somewhere around that number. So that's going to be the biggest key for him to cut down on is just keeping the ball. And I think now you look at the weapons he has, and it may not be incredible names, but it's nine day from what he had last year. If you look at his two running backs to dump the ball off to when he gets in trouble, Travis Etienne and James Robinson, I trust both of those guys. And then with the receivers as well, you add in Christian Kirk and Marvin Jones is still there. And so I, I, th- I think it's a serviceable offense, and I think Peterson will build a scheme that fits him. So, And like I said, I, I said it a second ago, Jaguars could usually start 2-0. I wouldn't be shocked. They probably – I think they they honestly should probably be better than the Texans. They probably should finish third if I'm, if I'm thinking about it. Davis Mills may be playing like the better quarterback right now, but Lawrence obviously has much, much higher upside. And I'm with you. I think he established – I'm with you, Colin. You mentioned this. I think he established it at some point. Lawrence does – why he was the number one quarterback in the draft and why he was the most talented prospect coming out since Andrew Luck. I mean, it was, he had the most hype out of any college prospect since Andrew Luck in 2012, for sure. Yep. And I think that's going to wrap. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that's going to wrap up this episode of tub talk sports podcast. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Feel free to go check out our Twitter um, that's where we'll be retweeting a bunch of my blogs and Colin's blogs, as well as uh, Ben's radio show uh, down at Mizzou. So we'll go ahead and uh, do more of that, start promoting our own content outside of TTSB. But let us know what you guys thought about our predictions. Let us know, especially in the future, uh, who was right, who was wrong. And uh, once again, thank you all for listening. Remember to like and subscribe. And we'll see you all in the next one. Peace out. Thank you.